Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Melanie Krakauer filling in for Hillary Gowans. Joining me is Bryce Hill, Senior Research Analyst for the Illinois Policy Institute. Official 2020 census counts saw Illinois lose population for the first time in history. And with that came a loss of one congressional seat. Illinois is both losing people and businesses and political clout. What is causing this record loss and what what does this tell us about state policy? Bryce, thanks for joining the policy shot. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. We're glad to have you back. Um, I have to say that studying census data is pretty niche. That's a very unique data set. And I think when we talk about this, not everyone knows everything that goes into it. So could you maybe please start us off by breaking down what you're looking at when you're studying the annual and the annual census estimates and what components of change you analyze? Yeah, sure. So the the Census Bureau puts out estimates every single year of populations uh, at the state level, national level, all the way down to the municipal level from like, you know, the various, very smallest uh, communities you can think of. Um, And part of that is to cover, you know, how populations are changing. You know, that's part of their job is to track trends and how uh, communities are changing. And a big part of that are, you know, the components of how change happens. So, for population, you know, you can think of it in essentially three basic basic terms. You have uh, the natural increase. So you have births minus deaths. Um, births have been outpacing deaths in the United States uh, historically. Uh, even though that trend is on the decline, there are there are you know fewer and fewer births and more and more deaths every year as the population ages. Uh, the the nation and Illinois in general are seeing natural increases in the population. Um, so that's one component. The second component is going to be international migration. Uh, so, you know, people move in and out of the country. Um, you know, we're gaining people from abroad, but we're also losing people to, to nations uh, uh, other than the United States. Um, the United States, uh, that, that number varies widely, but the United States, generally speaking, uh, has a longstanding tradition of attracting more migrants than it loses to other countries. Uh, so international migration is also a positive component of population change. Um, although, like I said, from state to state and year to year, that can vary widely depending on, you know, uh, foreign policy, immigration policy, things like that. Uh, and the last component is obviously then going to be people moving between the states. So people moving from a state like Illinois to Indiana or vice versa. Um, so you have all of these flows of people coming in and out. Uh, and every year, the Census Bureau estimates what those flows are for each component. And, and then ultimately we get, you know, the result for, for population, uh, whether, you know, the state's growing, the state's shrinking, uh, and it really just provides insight as to, you know, a, the general trajectory of, of the state, uh, how the state's performing. Is it a, a healthy economy? Is it, going to be facing issues. Um, and population trends are also extremely important, Important, like you mentioned, for uh, representation in Congress, funding from the federal government. There are a lot of things tied to population uh, counts. Uh, so it's especially important that we understand what's happening uh, and have an accurate view of you know, the current state of affairs and the state of Illinois. 
So thinking about the recent data that came out um, in at the end of December of 2021, that was looking at July of 2020 to July of 2021. So a year of the pandemic, really. What did Illinois experience? Yeah, so uh, the annual estimates are from July to July. Uh, the 2021 number uh, was the largest decrease in population uh, in state history outside of World War II, which was a very temporary uh, decline in population with uh, you know men being sent overseas. Uh, and, and then eventually most of those uh, that were sent overseas came back. Um, so the largest, essentially the largest population decline in state history uh, and by far the largest uh, domestic out-migration uh, ever recorded in state history. Uh, so uh, total domestic out-migration was 122,000, uh, so Illinois lost 122,000 people on net to other states, um, and that resulted in population decline of, you know, essentially 114,000 uh, people because, like I mentioned, you know, you have these positive components of um, births outpacing deaths and international migration, uh, so ultimately the loss of the 122,000 Illinoisans to other states uh, yielded uh, total population decline of 113,000. Um, so among the worst in the nation uh, on, a, on a raw number basis, third worst in the nation behind only California and New York, uh, and second worst as in terms of percentage of the population behind only New York. Um, so really things are at a fever pitch when it comes to population decline in Illinois. Um, this was the eighth consecutive year uh, that we've seen it. Um, Previously, you know, we we had seen people moving out, but it wasn't resulting in population decline. So uh, for the past eight years, though, that has been the case. You know, we've seen population decline driven by domestic outmigration. Um, and so not only are we losing people at one of the fastest rates in the nation, uh, we're also experiencing one of the longest streaks of uh population decline uh, behind only West Virginia, who suffered nine straight years. So Illinois suffered eight, West Virginia is at nine. Uh, so really pretty much any way you dice it up, um, things are kind of bleak when it comes to the population trends. It's pretty crazy. I think when you break down the components of change, because if our state is basically losing an entire city, like a huge city, 120,000 people worth, of population and just moving to other states, um, that can have some really lasting implications. And what you're saying is that this is part of an ongoing trend. Absolutely. This is something that's essentially happening year after year. So it's like the city of Springfield or the city of Elgin uh, or, you know, Peoria disappearing every single year. Um, so when you put it into that sort of context, I think it really you know, kind of shows the magnitude of what we're dealing with here. Um, you know, there have been politicians and political insiders who have tried to dismiss it and say that it's, you know, not that big of a deal. It's not really something to worry about. You know, it's a tiny fraction of a population of 12 million plus people. Um, but when you start considering that it's the equivalent of losing some of your largest cities on an annual basis, uh, I think it really shows how big of a deal that would be. Um, you know, if, it, if we lost those people to any other cause uh, other than domestic migration, it would be, you know, major news that people would never quit talking about. I think maybe that's worth diving into this discrepancy. So 
every 10 years, a census does an official count. So we just did one in 2020. And that had a little bit of juxtaposition between the annual estimates that are coming out each year. Could you talk a little bit about like what we saw those differences and maybe where they came from? Because for listeners, um, they might've heard about these 2020 estimates and we did lose a congressional seat, but it really wasn't as bad as it was estimated. So every 10 years, we have a constitutional requirement to do an official census count. Um, so that's, that's done. Um, and, you know, we get the official population numbers that, that, you know, things like congressional apportionment and federal funding will be based on and, you know, new congressional maps. So last year when in the spring, when those, when those figures came out, um, they showed that Illinois lost you know, roughly 20,000 people over the decade. Uh, whereas census estimates would have put that number somewhere closer to 250,000 or so. Um, so uh, to be fair, that was a pretty jarring number, especially to somebody who doesn't necessarily, you know, work with census uh, data more intimately or doesn't have a real understanding of differences in census methodologies over time. Uh, so uh, essentially what we suspected was happening uh, immediately when those results came out was, uh, you know, there's changes in how the census is administered year, you know, every 10 years. So in 2020, for example, it was the first year that people could respond online. That was expected to have a significant boost uh, in, in responses. Um, so we were expecting a more accurate count. We didn't know which way it was necessarily going to go. Um, we knew that being able to respond online for the first time ever was going to uh, likely result in a more accurate count than the 2010 count. Uh, we also, as, as a state, Illinois spent, you know, second most in the nation on census outreach programs. Uh, so they were, had a really vested interest because of this known population problem to make sure as many people as possible were counted. Uh, and the state spent a lot of money making sure that, you know, every single person in the Illinois was counted as, as they should do. Uh, and then the, the third part of that would be, you know, we also offered the census uh, forms in more languages than ever. So really trying to count underrepresented communities, um, you know, boosting uh, accuracy and getting more and more people to respond, whether it be through uh, increased outreach, more language options, being able to respond online. We knew that uh, when you compare the 2010 census to the 2020 census, there were going to be discrepancies. The census estimates are done based on the old census uh, using the 2010 as a baseline. So whatever the counts in 2010 were, uh, they take that baseline and, uh, you know, you estimate things like death records uh, and births, which are, you know, all federally tracked, uh, very easy to, to um, estimate. Same thing with, with migration. When you file new tax returns in a different state, that it gets tracked by the IRS. That's part of what uh, the Census Bureau does to estimate migration. Same thing with international migration. It's all fairly easily trackable with you know, visa information and things like that. Uh, so the using the 2010 baseline, the census estimates predicted uh, more population loss than the 2020 census showed. Uh, but that wasn't necessarily to say that the estimates were inaccurate. What it was really showing was that the 2020 census was much more accurate than the 2010 census. So it's much more likely that the 2010 census figure should have been higher than the 2010 official count put it at. 
and that the components of population change were probably fairly accurate because the Census Bureau is pretty good at its job when it comes to estimating population. Um, so uh, that's what we suspected was happening. Uh, and when the newest results came out last month uh, to show 2021 estimates, essentially th those suspicions were confirmed uh, because we saw more of the same trends being estimated, uh, you know, births and deaths becoming closer together, reduction in international migration, and a massive spike in domestic outmigration for the state of Illinois. Uh, so, you know, despite getting these 2020 results that were a, a huge revision or huge, hugely different than what the estimates predicted before, the Census Bureau stuck to their guns and and reiterated what they had been saying in the past. Uh, so all of those things basically lead you to believe that uh, the components are pretty accurate, and it's just that you know, year after year or 10 years after 10 years, when we go back to do the official census, uh, the met methodology is improving. We're getting more accurate counts. Uh, so that, you know, is really the, the reason for the discrepancy from one census count to the other. So moving forward, people should have um, big trust in the numbers that they're seeing. Um, so is Illinois seeing these massive losses you're saying there's a large trend. How much of an outlier are we? You know, where are the growing states and what are the shrinking states? Yeah, Illinois is uh, is a huge outlier, um, particularly in the Midwest. So, uh, you know, population trends, there are pretty big trends right now of Americans moving to the South and Americans moving to the West, while the Midwest and the Northeast are kind of seen as, you know, struggling, fighting to keep the population that they have. And, and most states in those areas are really struggling to grow. Um, and that, you know, is the case. Uh, but even within that context, Illinois is, is a major outlier. So uh, Illinois losing 113,000 people, 114,000 people, roughly. Um, if you remove Illinois from the Midwest, the Midwest would have actually grown. The Midwest would have added about 20,000 people had the state of Illinois not been part of that equation. Uh, so uh, essentially the state of Illinois is responsible for the entire population decline of the Midwest. It's certainly an outlier, um, you know, nine times as many people move out of the state of Illinois than any other Midwestern state. Uh, Minnesota's the, the next closest and they're losing about 13,000 people annually due to domestic outmigration compared to, uh, you know, 122,000 in the state of Illinois. Um, meanwhile, Missouri, and Indiana are both adding about 14 to 15,000 people every year. Uh, so they're adding the most uh, of any Midwestern state. Uh, and when you actually look at Indiana, Indiana saw the largest spike in, in positive domestic migration in the country uh, in 2021. So from 2020 to 2021, uh, the number of people moving to Indiana from other states increased tenfold. Um, so a, a huge shift in opposite directions where Indiana seeing domestic in-migration, a huge surge, and Illinois seeing a, a huge surge in the downward direction of people leaving the state. Not to do the state of Indiana's Tourism Bureau work for them, but what could be causing this? You know, what drives people to make decisions like getting up and moving across borders? Yeah, uh, so of people who actually move, uh, they do surveys on people who move and find out the reasons why. 70% roughly of people move do so for 
uh, labor or housing market related reasons. So that could be, excuse me, more affordable housing. It could be a better paying job. It could be, you know, um, you know, any host of things related to the labor or housing market, um, you know, being closer to other members of your family, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but labor and housing markets dictate uh, movement pretty much universally. Um, so that's for both people moving into the state of Illinois and out of the state of Illinois. Uh, and what's happening in the places that uh, are attracting people is that, you know, you have lower cost of living generally, you have uh, more job opportunities, lower unemployment rates, uh, higher wage growth. So, you know, not only can somebody move uh, and find a place that's more affordable to live, but they have better job prospects, their, their career trajectory uh, is improved just simply by, by moving. Uh, and that's especially beneficial for a state like Indiana, who's a border state where, you know, if you're in the Chicago area, uh, many people that live, live and work in Chicago, uh, or sorry, that work in Chicago could live in Indiana. So it's extremely easy to, to without uprooting your entire life, uh, just switch over the border, cross this you know, you know, state line, and receive all the benefits of living in a state that has these job prospects, has a lower cost of living, uh, while still being close to your friends and family that you don't want to leave, which are typically the largest barriers for somebody leaving is, you know, having to uproot their lives. Um, and the reason why uh, the labor and housing market are, are lagging in Illinois are primarily because of high taxes, poor public policy, uh, making things untenable in the state of Illinois. We've seen uh, record income tax uh, increases in the past decade or so. Uh, those have reduced investment and job creation by businesses. Illinois' labor market uh, and employment has, has been lagging the national average in most uh, other neighbor states uh, for, for over a decade now since the Great Recession. Um, so, you know, not failing to add more jobs than other states, uh, continuing to battle a higher unemployment rate has really discouraged people from moving here. Uh, the other part of that equation is Illinois has the second highest property taxes in the nation, uh, which, you know, despite what would traditionally be relatively affordable housing in the state of Illinois, uh, it makes it very expensive once you factor in property taxes. Um, so, you know, property taxes have become the equivalent of like seven extra mortgage payments each year for uh, new home buyers. Uh, so, uh, when you when you factor in that you're going to have to pay seven additional mortgage payments and property taxes just to live in Illinois, uh, suddenly you know that two hundred fifty thousand dollar house that seems very affordable uh, isn't so affordable anymore. You're paying basically double every month your mortgage and the equivalent of a mortgage in property taxes. It's interesting you mentioned the Midwest and the gave that context. Um, I think that when I think of where are people moving to some of like major names keep coming up. So Texas, Tennessee, Florida, but then even New York and California. So where does Illinois fit in, in comparison to some of those States? Yeah. So Illinois seeing, um, among the worst population decline, uh, due to domestic migration, uh, the other two States on that list are, uh, California and New York. So, um, you know, we have to think of this in, in flows, right? So on one hand, you have people moving into the state, but on the other hand, you have people moving out. Uh, so when you look at data that actually contains flows of, you know, people both moving in and moving out, you can kind of see the breakdown 
of how that have how that works. Um, so, you know, you might often hear about people moving to New York or California, um, but even more people are moving uh, back from those states to wherever they came from. Um, so very common destinations for people to, to move to are New York and Florida, uh, but they're all, or sorry, New York and California, but they're also, you know, even more common destinations for people to leave. Uh, so that's the reason why they're actually seeing net declines that are uh, slightly worse in terms of raw number than Illinois. Um, the same goes for uh, states like Florida, Texas, Arizona, states that are generally at the top of the list for, you know, that are states that are growing the most. Uh, you hear about people, you know, moving there or leaving there. Uh, the same thing happens there. It just happens to be that more people are moving into the states that are there that are moving out. So, uh, you know, these trends were actually exacerbated in 2021 in the new estimates. Uh, you see the states that were gaining people are gaining people faster. The states that were losing people are losing people faster. So there was a big spike in the number of people moving out of states like uh, New York, California, uh, and Illinois. And then there were massive influxes of people moving into uh, states that had generally been on the receiving end. So uh, while Texas and Florida basically receive the same amount of people as they normally do in a given year, uh, the states that are actually growing the fastest are uh, Utah, Idaho, Montana. Um, and so those states actually saw, uh, which are growing the fastest, saw massive increases in, in the number of people moving into them. So the states that are growing the fastest are growing even faster now. The states that were shrinking the fastest are shrinking even faster now. Um, so, uh, you know, these are kind of basically the, the major trends that we're working with, how they've been exacerbated in the past year, especially as, you know, the pandemic comes. There's a variety of, you know, labor market disruptions, work from home, um, you know, varying degrees of government uh, shutdowns, things like that. Uh, that. This has just kind of been the culmination of all of those those policies. When you talk about the places where people are moving, um, you know, you hear warm weather, outdoors, um, but what do the components of change tell us or future demographic data tell us about the people who are moving out of Illinois, you know, the kinds of people who are leaving, um, the areas in which they're leaving, the ages, like, do we have any information about that? Yeah, we do have um, um, some data on who is moving. Uh, how the population is evolving in the state of Illinois. So uh, the people who are moving at the fastest rates um, from, from a racial or ethnic uh, perspective, uh, it's Black Illinoisans are leaving the fastest. Uh, white Illinoisans make up the bulk of those people who are leaving because the population is higher. Uh, the percentage of, of white Illinoisans who are leaving is, is lower, but they make up the largest mass of people. Uh, and then the Hispanic population in Illinois has actually been pretty steady and slightly growing in most years. Um, so uh, a lot of uh, the population loss has also been centered around the Chicago metro area. Uh, so you see, you had previously seen actually in the past decade or so, people leaving Cook County for the collar counties. So, you know, DuPage was growing really fast. Lake County was growing really fast, McHenry County even. Um, but then in more recent years, that population uh, loss has even spread to those areas. So, uh, you know, it was kind of Chicago was very expensive to, to live and raise a family in. So people move out to the suburbs. Uh, but the suburbs then became 
more expensive and harder to live in as you know taxes were going up and things became more and more expensive. So even the suburbs, which people were fleeing to uh, for you know higher quality of of living and more affordable lifestyle, people aren't even finding that there. So actually, you know, it's spread very very much so throughout the entire state of Illinois. Uh, in 2020, only four counties saw increases in population. Uh, so 98 of 102 counties uh, saw population decline. Um, you know, it's it's essentially spreading everywhere. So you see, uh, you know, the Champaign area, you see Douglas County uh, growing, uh, you see Kendall County, Joe Davies County, and Monroe County in, in southwestern Illinois growing, but those that's it. Everywhere else is, is seeing uh, shrink uh, in the population. So uh, while, you know, it can have varying impacts on the demographics of, of who Illinoisans are, or who the Illinoisans that are leaving are, uh, from a geographical perspective, uh, it's everyone. Um, the same goes for when you look by by incomes or education levels. Uh, you see uh, more educated Illinoisans leaving at a faster rate. Uh, you see higher income earning Illinoisans leaving at a faster rate, uh, but uh, lower levels of education in Illinois, those with you know high school degrees or high school graduation or bachelor's degree only, uh, are actually moving more than any other group. Uh, and then the same thing goes for people on the lower end of the, the income distribution. Uh, you know, lower earning Illinoisans are moving out in uh, mass. Uh, and I think that essentially all gets back to the opportunity aspect of why people move. And it's not just, you know, retirees moving to Florida. No, absolutely not. Retirees are uh, a relatively small proportion of the people who are moving out. I, and, you know, there's, there is a large number, but that's because there are so many people moving out of the state of Illinois. Uh, so uh, the majority of people who are moving are in their prime working age. They're from age 25 to 54. They're people who are essentially no longer in school and they're people who aren't really close to retirement age. Uh, so when you have that sector of the population, segment of the population moving, um, you're gonna have a really big problem because that's the, your primary workforce. And then you kind of just get into this, this never ending cycle of, well, your workforce is leaving. Businesses don't want to be in your state because there's nobody to work for them. Well, if they can't get anybody to work there or anybody to buy their stuff there, even more people leave. So it's just, you know, one built on top of another, which contributes back to the original cause. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's everybody, but particularly those individuals who are leaving that, uh, has driven a lot of this decline. And this is, I mean, a major issue that Illinois is facing because that's missed income that is not going to services that other people are left holding the bag or, you know, fewer prospects, less interest in attending college here or putting down roots or starting families and there's fewer births. So you could see how it becomes like a downward spiral, right? You keep going down and down and down. And it's kind of crazy because there's nothing Illinois can do to be warm like Florida or to have more mountains like Montana. So where do we go from here? How do we fix this? Yeah, I think that's, you know, part of the reason why it's so important to, you know, not necessarily focus on the states who are growing the fastest. Uh, I think it's, or shrinking the most. 
I think it's really helpful to look in the context of, you know, comparable Midwestern states, your neighbor states. Uh, and even there, Illinois is clearly the outlier. Um, so, you know, because you can't control the weather, because you can't control the scenery or, you know, what have you, other reasons for, for people may be wanting to move, you need to look at an apples to apples comparison. Uh, but unfortunately, even on those metrics, the, the state is losing. Um, and I think really, you know, it comes down to uh, you have to make living in Illinois an attractive proposition for individuals, families, and businesses. Uh, and that, I think, really, um, you have to give them something that, that they're willing to pay these high taxes for. Uh, so, you know, Illinois having the highest property taxes in the nation, seeing uh, extremely high sales taxes when you factor in state and local taxes, uh, and then record income tax hikes in recent years. Um, Illinoisans are paying more and more, but they haven't really seen the quality of the public services they get in exchange for those tax dollars uh, improve. Uh, so, you know, being asked to pay more, getting less, that doesn't sound like an attractive proposition to anybody. So that's really the reason why people are leaving. Uh, and unfortunately, as most things go in the state, this all kind of ties back and, and circles back into uh, pension debt in the state of Illinois. So that's the number one driver of costs at the state and local level. It eats up, you know, nearly 30% of the state budget. Um, it really is the sole driver of spending priorities and, you know, the number of dollars that have to be raised. Um, so, you know, it, it factors into both where your money gets spent and how much money is being taken out of your pocket. Um, and with fewer and fewer people, as you mentioned, there's fewer shoulders to bear that burden. Shocker. It all comes back to pensions again. I think though, that is relieving to hear that ideally if Illinois can solve and solve its pension problem, begin to reform, provide stability that can reverse this downward cycle we're talking about and give people reason to want to stay here. Um, Absolutely. I think it could. And I, you know, I don't mean to, to be overly simplistic, like this the pension, it's not just I'm pensions are some boogeyman and you're pointing to them and saying that these are the causes, uh, but pensions are deteriorating school funding, which lead to lower quality schools, less, less funds actually making it to classrooms. Um, the same goes for police and fire spending, you know, more, more of that spending goes to pensions rather than protective services. Well, you get more unsafe neighborhoods, uh, you get, you know, more dangerous outcomes. Um, so, you know, these things really do build off each other and have real life impacts on local communities. Um, and it's not just, you know, us waving, uh, uh, wanting a magic wand and saying pension reform, boom, that solves everything. It's going to be a slow and gradual process to, to fix those systems. Um, but I really don't think you can downplay uh, the outsized role that pensions have uh, in, in determining these outcomes. Well, I'm appreciative of that hope that you provided and the context here. So thanks for joining today, Bryce. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit IllinoisPolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.